We are back. This is Recommended Daily Dose. I am your host, Dr. Clinton Coleman, along with my looks like death warmed over colleague. Dr. Oh, it's been a Sarad long Sugar. day at work. Uh, now, are you the host or are you the co-host? I just want to make sure we're clear. I think on I'm that. the A mic. What are you? Uh, I, that's to be debatable. You're listening to Recommended Daily Dose with Drs. Clinton Coleman and Suraj Sugar. The Not So Average Health Show with a unique spin on what's making headlines in healthcare. Uh, what do we want to talk about today from lovely Teaneck, New Jersey? I want Jersey. to talk about your Redskins. All right, we're going to talk about the Redskins. Um, uh, it was Apparently, a, they lost last night. It was a horrible showing against the Bears. And uh, listen, I've been a Redskins fan since I was a kid, so I don't think we're going to talk about that today. But uh, well, We can talk about the Redskins. We can talk about it. Right, well, there's unfortunately not much to talk about. Antonio Brown is available. Antonio Brown has quit the NFL. So what, do you, what do you think of toxic talent? Toxic talent. Kind of like yourself, People, like right? Me, yeah. like, like you, right? So well, you, you we keep you around. I think you are funny. You're a very good medical what mind. What if I'm just a, a really good doctor? Hmm. What if, uh, is that why people search you online all the time? I'm just saying, what if I was like a, like a doctor house, a hole, but I was a good doctor. Well, this does this change anything? Uh, listen, some parallels, right? There's some parallels, but I think as physicians, we have to be, have that bedside manner, right? So I think as long as all the NFL cares, if you're winning, you're scoring touchdowns and you know, then they don't care how your personality are. And unfortunately we see that all the time. And and, uh, medical practice, right? If you're, if your outcomes are good and. Well, I tell you what, I think same thing like in the uh, medical practices, we do see these doctors who are perhaps searched on, you know, on search engines or perhaps, uh, you know, out there, uh, people do search things, right? So people like uh, topics that are uh, searchable and that are in the news. And so just like football players, I think uh, we should maybe talk about that today. What do you think? Yeah, I came across something interesting, right? So, um, came across where? Let me guess. Google. Ah, Doctor Google. I think that's a good right. thing we should talk about today. Right. So, um, and t- I didn't. I really didn't know how much people search online for uh, health-related things, but I have uh, a feeling you're going to tell us. Yeah. In 2018, <laughs> um, CNN actually reported what the most frequent questions were. So, um, I just want to give you a few of them. Um, but these know, are health questions. Health right? questions, right? not general, so, right? So, Doctor Google, right? Um, so, what is the keto diet? What is ALS? Endometriosis. Which these are the top searches. Is that right? Top top ten searches of 2018. How, I heard number four is interesting. How long does weed stay in your urine? Oh man, so I, I, feel, I feel like we, I feel like we could make some smoky jokes from uh, Friday. Friday. So, yeah, this but, is probably people who are trying to work and you know smoked and want to know how long it takes for their... I've actually had a patient tell me that... So they don't get fired on their day off? If you drink, (laughs) you ain't got a job, you got nothing to do. I actually heard, uh, this is from a patient who told me that if you drink a bottle of vinegar, that actually masks it. So I don't know. I don't know. Well, we'll have to see. A bottle of vinegar? Now, what's number five? Five is how long does the flu last? All right. So that's something that's actually, I think, relevant. Six is how long is flu contagious? Mm, Okay. Hand in hand, we should talk about that. Right. And I think the interesting is that, you know, the rate of searches increases as people get sick. So they looked at people in the emergency room. And they found that they were actually Googling what they were complaining about before so they went to the emergency. Is that right? Yeah. All right. So it's interesting. Right. Well, I think this is uh, important to talk about. But let's let's go through a list here. What about number seven? Number seven is when does implantation bleeding occur? You know, I can believe that. I think a lot of people when they're trying to conceive, uh, they're trying to say, hey, you know, was I successful? You think they typed it like that, though? I don't think so. I think they, you know, how do I know if my wife is pregnant? Right, right, right. How about that one? Right. What you typed <laughs> <laughs> before. 
Anyway, uh, why am I always tired? Which I thought would be upranked higher. Uh, That's a common complaint. Because you're a married doctor with kids and uh, just don't sleep anymore. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Answer. There's your answer. Heartburn. What does it feel like? Why? What oh, does heartburn I, I get heartburn, like? by the way, now. All right. Yeah, I actually was running. Uh, as you know, I run a lot. I don't know if I ever mentioned the show. And uh, I actually thought I was having a heart attack. Uh, all joking aside, heartburn can be brutal. So I think a lot of people out there probably. And you probably eat a lot of spicy foods. Oh, because I'm Indian? Yes. I see. Are we going, are we going that today? Is I'm, that what we're doing? Let's throw that out there. All right. So that actually is something that I think that a lot of patients have asked me, you know, because this is a very common thing. And obviously, people are always concerned, you know, is it cardiac or is it just my uh, ulcer acting up? So right. number nine. How about number 10? What causes high blood pressure? Right. So all, right. So this is all a- these questions are important. I guess our question is, should you be actually Googling how reliable is Dr. Google? For All right, your- that's the show today. Dr. Google, is it, uh, is it something that's good? Is it something that's bad? Is it uh, raising our awareness? As I always tell patients, don't confuse your Google search with my medical degree. But, uh, you know, I digress because we live in an area and a time of, you know, everyone's informed, which is great. And if it helps raise people's awareness, that's fantastic. But as you can imagine, everything in life, there's good and there's bad. So we should just dive right in. Here's a nice stat, by the way. As we've been talking here, uh, nonsense for the last couple of minutes, every minute there's 70,000 healthcare searches. That's, That's a estimated. lot. Every minute. Of course, this is obviously global. Well, how often do you use Google in general? Uh, I use, uh, what do I use? I use Ask Jeeves. Are you serious? No, I'm not serious. <laughs> Jeeves. <laughs> that was one of the original ones, you know? You're dating yourself. Yeah, that was when I, well, is, are you not using American Sorry. Online anymore? I didn't quite catch that. <laughs> no, Siri. No. I- so Siri didn't even understand what that meant, huh? Or Bing. Bing. Oh, actually, Bing is not bad. Bing. AOL was one of the, the original. Bing I still use sometimes. But 70,000 health-related searches per minute. That's a lot. So I think this is something that we should, and which is why it's, I think, important to talk about. Because, you know, whether we like it or not, our patients are coming in oftentimes with printouts, oftentimes with their phone, with answers and possible questions and already solutions in their office, right? And doctors, in some ways, I think we appreciate physicians, our patients being enlightened and empowered, and the other way, it kind of gives you a bias where patients are already coming in demanding certain uh, therapies for a diagnosis that you and I may have not given. So yeah, I think with everything in life, balance is key, right? So being informed and being educated is important, but just using that information in isolation balance can, is key. Can, can be that, that's a very dangerous. that's a very original uh, statement. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> so I think what you're trying to say, my friend, is that while we want patients to be empowered. So we're not telling any patients out there not to be empowered and not to be knowledgeable because knowledge is power, as you know. I think that was a Wu-Tang Clan uh, quote. You can't use an isolation, right? You can't, you can't just say, hey, you know, I searched this, I must have disease B, and right. I need therapy C. I think this can't be used in isolation, right? So we- and you can't treat health-related information like, like you search for anything else, like uh, you do your DIY projects on on YouTube or you... That's do-it-yourself, by the way. Yeah. yeah, or you're shopping for some kind of electronics. This information is, is way too complex to actually... To be in isolation, to be in a vacuum of just... Also, you have to think about the algorithm Google uses for, for searching, right? Please so, explain to me. Um, they, most people don't know what the algorithm is. It's really complex, but it's based on the popularity of searches, right? Not actual factual information necessarily. So based on those 10 things we just mentioned, those top 10... Uh, Google health searches uh, in 2018, you're saying algorithms are there kind of directing you towards those queries? Is that what you're saying? Um, so say you put in 
say I have chest pain, you had chest pain, right? And right. you're worried about heart attack. So you probably put chest pain and heart attack. Right. If everyone puts chest pain and heart attack, that's going to be ranked pretty high, right? right so right. the next person that types chest pain and heart attack, they'll it's get gonna come right chest up, right? pain and heart right. attack results. So and then they think they're having a heart attack as opposed to, you know, the results being actually relative to what actual problem is. So that's the problem with the Google search algorithm. It's based more on search words and keywords as opposed to actual factual information. Well, I tell you what, this issue has been uh, raised enough in awareness that actually a lot of the medical journals are actually, you know, addressing and tackling this head on. Uh, 2010, New England Journal of Medicine. Do you read New England Journal of Medicine, by the way? I have a subscription. Does that mean, you didn't answer the question. I have a subscription. You have a subscription. All right, there we, there we go. I get the abstracts. You get, abstracts are great. Listen, this is... Um, you don't sit and read New England Journal of Medicine. Uh, I do, actually. No, you do not. I have a cup of tea in the morning. Lord have mercy. Uh, you know, sometimes with a scone or a biscotti, and I look at, you know, just kind of review everything and just be ready for my day. With That's your it. pinky up in the air with your... Don't, don't knock it. I just saw Downton Abbey, by the way, this uh, last Friday, to, and it was fantastic. I don't know what you're talking okay, about. Okay, so, you know, if I may, for a second, be serious, it started in 2010, so this is now, of course, nine years later, but already then they were identifying that this idea of Google searches and health searches are redefining the roles of the physician and the patient. So it, I'll go back to when my father was practicing. He's a retired internist. You know, in those times, let's say the 70s, 80s, 90s, what have you, uh, patients took what physicians said at face value. Which is great, right? There was that healthy, there was that kind of healthy but well-defined patient-doctor relationship. For better, for worse. For better, for worse, right? So, I think we live in a different time, obviously now, and and we know that knowledge is everywhere. Knowledge is everything. So, I think it's fantastic that uh, we have this knowledge that's so readily accessible to everyone. Uh, but clearly, it's kind of blurring the lines between physician and patient. We no longer are patients, you know, relying on just on the physician alone. Right. They may say, well, I talk to another healthcare, and I don't like this word healthcare provider, but another, let's say someone else in the healthcare uh, field, I went online. So I think, you know, even in 2010, that we knew that this is kind of changing this whole patient-doctor relationship. Hopefully in some ways for the good, but like you said, not everything is always black and white, some ways in the bad as well. But not only that, it's the, uh, not only that relationship, but the actual factual information, right? So it has the same... Well, it's unlimited, right? It has the same Wikipedia problem, right? So there's no... There's lack of expertise, and originally. Well, are are you saying Wikipedia is um, not expert opinions and facts? Well, I, you can up, upload your opinion yeah, that to is any true. Wikip- that Wikipedia is true. site. Um, but you know, originally when you did Google searches on health information, they would direct you to forums. Remember that? And I do remember those forums. Yeah. So that's when it was less regulated. So you could type in, you know, chest pain and, you and heart see, attack, and right. you get the forums with people's anecdotal information, not factual information. But now when you, they've done a better job now when you search information on Google, there's usually some reputable, whether it's WebMD or Mayo Clinic or some kind well, of factual evidence-based Well, we sh- I think we should definitely talk about it because I think, you know, there's the dark web, there's all corners of the web. So we right. need to so make sure that patients understand and the listeners out there that, you know, information is great and it's, it's vital to be empowered, but we have to make sure that patients understand that they should be going towards reputable sites right. that are right. peer-reviewed, that are uh, censored, that are factually checked. Right. So there's correct information, there's incorrect information, and there's the context of the information that that's really important, which is what you and I probably deal with every day. Every single day. I think people are educated enough; they know how to navigate through, you know, certain types of information. But how how relevant that is to their situation is. You know, it's really complex. So 
Um, you but know, what about this issue now of cyberchondria? You ready for that? It's a new word probably most people haven't heard about. So it sounds like hyperchondria. It's cyberchondria. Health anxiety involves searching the web excessively for healthcare information. So if someone has chest pain, oh, actually, let's, let's take a different one. Someone has So this is a spot. extreme, right? It's extreme, but okay. you know, this, this is a problem. I think we should talk about it. Someone has a spot, uh, you know, they didn't sleep well, and maybe they lost two pounds when they didn't mean to, and all of a sudden... What is it? They have cancer, right? It must be right. cancer. And then they, you know, put in two or uh, three symptoms. And of course, these symptoms could be anything. One of a hundred different or one of 500 different uh, diseases, but one of them is certain cancer. Well, then all of a sudden the patient gets fixated that they must have cancer. They must have some other chronic illness, other disease. So this is actually a very real issue that I'm sure you have seen in your office. I've seen as well, where patients come in convinced that they have a disease. You know, you have time to get these second, third, fourth opinions um, and it becomes somewhat hard sometimes to convince patients that no, just because you put three symptoms into a, a, a symptom checker, you don't have, and the computer spits out this, um, this, this possible uh, di differential diagnosis or possible diagnosis. It doesn't mean what you have. Right. And, um, you know, common things happen most commonly, right? So it's just because you have chest pain doesn't mean that you're having a heart attack. Um, but I, I think, you know, Physicians and healthcare providers' role is to try to to filter to filter all this that's scientific this, the noise. Filter, that's right. Because um, as you know, some people have no filter. Um, I like, think you've like been me. you've been accused sometimes of having no filter. I obviously am more the brains of of the of the show here, so I try to you know rein it in a little bit. You're the more the entertainment. <laughs> so if you like the show, right. please subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. Recommended Daily Dose. Uh, you can also find us at HolyName.org/slash/RecommendedDailyDose. But Getting back to what you were saying, mm. um, you know, I commonly, when I'm talking to patients, I try to get an idea of where they're getting the information from. Okay, sure. Um, you know, how reliable the information is actually to review it with them. So a lot of times people don't have that intermediary or take the time to see their... So where do you see them? So it can't all be just Dr. Google. Where else are patients getting their information in your, in your estimation? Um, prop, you know, friends, family, TV. So I saw on TV, you know, there's a lot of Dr. that. Dr. OZ. The Dr. OZ. Um, uh, you a big fan of him or no? Um, he's all right. He's all right. He's, he's all right. entertaining. But it is a show after all. But what about this? You, know, you said TV. There's this phenomenon of direct consumer, uh, direct product consumer advertising. Right. right. So you see these commercials. Ask your doctor. Ask your, again, I hate this word, healthcare provider. Because I didn't go to health provider school. I don't know about you. I went yeah. to medical school. But ask your physician about this drug. And then I have patients coming in. I saw this on TV. I think I should be on it. You know, all right. the symptoms they mentioned I have, I think I'd, you know, do well. Or the side effects, right? Those side effects that are whispered at the end of the commercial. Well, no one ever pays attention to those. No, right? but some people do pay attention. Or you'll have the law offices advertise. Oh, boy. Um, you know, if you've taken drug B and you've suffered... So these the so-called ambulance chasers, as we call them. Yeah, if right. you suffered uh, diarrhea, you know, you may be entitled to compensation, compensation. right? So, um, you know, there's a lot of noise, and I think a role as the physician or healthcare provider is to try to filter some of this stuff. But it's just interesting, right? Because in the in the not so distant past, our job was to simply provide the not simply, but to solely provide the information. I think we're in competition now a little bit with other sources of information, which is fine. Times change. But we, you know, I think it's important for listeners out there to consider that, you know, uh, where your information is coming from and take all those things into account. But I think it's a healthy competition. I think the problem with some 
position is, is that they don't really give enough information. So the patient actually has to go out and look for information somewhere else. It's the kind of healthy competition like, like between you and I, perhaps. I don't really consider that a competition. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. It's not really worth my time. All right. So, yeah. so, so you're saying so in the past, perhaps physicians, I, I, I can see that, that a lot, you know, you giving out information that's digestible that the patients can relate to or well, actually, right. you know, how many, how much time does a doctor spend in the office with a patient? You can spend well, I think three a, hours on Google and get the information that you need. Well, I think a skill that we have uh, certainly is um, being able to, you know, disseminate. So dish out information. If someone, let's say, is uh, has a medical background, you might s- say the same kind of information a certain way. If someone has perhaps a different level of understanding, you might, you know, I think it's a skill and an art that you need. All physicians have of to course. have, right? You have to have empathy. We know you have to have the skill to communicate. Right. And I think the days of where the physician is uh, just, you know, they say father knows best, doctor knows best. You just walk in the room, you say a couple of words, you walk out, then we have to think, patients have to think you're God or gone. And I think that's great. I think, you know, we have to make sure that as physicians, our job, not just healer, but also teacher. But I think that's the nature of where we are as a society, though, right? So when you are, if you're a patient and you wanted to know a diagnosis, you probably have to go to the library. You didn't have access to all this information now. I used to but use the Encyclopedia uh, Britannica. You had a whole... I had Encyclopedia Britannica. I had the whole alphabet. I had the whole... I had the Compton's Encyclopedia. Compton? Psych- Compton. Not Compton, L.A. Written by Dr. Dre? Not Dr. Dr. That's a different Compton, but... Uh, he is a doctor, you know. He's... Did he... I think he has... The doctor of Funk. He's a doctor of Funk. Uh, no, that's Sly and the Family Stone, I think. He's a doctor of Funk. He's not a doctor. Anyway, um, what was I saying? You were saying the Encyclopedia Britannica. So times have changed, right? So, oh, and, but, but the culture of medicine hasn't really changed much, right? So mm. we still think that we can dictate plans and treatments to patients with, with as little information as we need to give them because we're the physician, right? So I think part of it is the onus is on us to actually educate our patients. So we think that it's okay. And then we get upset when they go to Google and get their own information right, where the right. patient should be informed. They're it's not their, informed because we're not informing them, right? Just like I always tell patients, it's your health records, take owner, or ownership of it. You know, it's your medical uh, history, it's your medications. You know, make sure you have a list of what you're taking. Be empowered, be informed. It's important. But you mentioned the culture not changing, but actually, I would somewhat disagree. I mean, medicine is changing. I mean, have you? Uh, I don't think we've touched upon only medicine. It's, I'm talking about the culture of physicians. Ah, the culture maybe has a bit medicine. The way they so. interact with patients, the patient-physician relationship. Because you, you can imagine, Google is not just uh, and other companies, including Amazon. Uh, but Google Health specifically is not just interested in disseminating information, but also perhaps interpreting. Interpret it. And how is that? That's AI or artificial intelligence. That's actually a burgeoning, um, burgeoning uh, field within medicine, within uh, you know, uh, uh, with technology, where you can actually take algorithms. So you say you have all these symptoms, not not just spit out fifty-five different um, possible diagnoses, but no, using artificial intelligence now to specifically give you a more accurate. Uh, 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 read out, of, perhaps, if you will, of what you may have. So that's actually a fascinating thing, right? So That's all fascinating. I think that technology has surpassed our capacity to actually deal with it and deal with patients. So are you saying that in the future it's going to be like Star Trek where you and I are just, uh, you know, wave a wand over a patient and then the computer tells us what's I already going do on? that already. You do that already? Yeah, yeah. Well, listen, uh, now, are you using wearable technology like the iPhone? I think we've talked about it before in the past, but there is... Another great thing, right? We already know that you know, my kid wears a uh, smartwatch with uh, tracking his heartbeat, right. tracking how many steps he's taking, calories. But as you know now, the iPhone can detect some cardiac abnormalities, so things right. like AFib. And this whole idea of wearable technology and technology, integrated um, 
into your health uh, life is not going away. Yeah. So as physicians, I think we have to adapt and change. And I think the change is probably, you know, with all this information, being able, being the interpreter of the information, right? As opposed to, you know, the only, not, not disseminating the information correctly and just dictating mm. the care of patients, but actually filtering all this stuff. Um, I just wanted to have a, uh, tell you about a funny segue. Do you, do you have a question? Do you have a nickname or anything? So my nickname in college like, was, like, what, like was a bro- child nickname. Uh, and I'll tell you what mine is. Well, my nickname since college was Brown Sugar. No, like your mom calls you Brown Sugar? Oh, she does not call me Brown Sugar. She this would call. your girlfriend. Uh, all right, no comment. Um, actually, Suji. Suji? What does Suji. that mean? Uh, it's just kind of a play on my first name, but just a very, we call in India a pet name, a nickname. So mine is Googie. It makes me like Suji Google. and Googie. Yeah, yeah. I swear to God. This is, this is a match made in heaven, am I right? So the funny thing is, is my, like my mom still calls me Google. Are you trying to get a job? Are you trying, call, to, are you trying to get a job man. with Google? Is that, what, is that what's going on here? No, but then her friends, they call me like Please doc, hire Google. Dr. Googie, which ah. makes me think of Dr. Google. So that's why I brought it up. But I just think it's that, that, that's funny to me. And I was going to call my mom so we can get some background information for the show. But, but she didn't pick up the phone or what happened? I didn't call her. Okay. So anyway, in the meantime, what... If we had to summarize what we need to tell our patients, what should it be? So I should be careful what you search for, right? So um, just keep in mind that the way that you're supposed to get the information is not necessarily how Google spits it out. Right? And does it have to be Google? What are, what are or the any other... search, any search engine, right? But does, should it be a search engine in general? Should you just be typing in, some, or should you be going to a pharma companies because all these drug companies and pharma companies will have their uh, sites both for professionals like physicians as well as uh, for the consumers, right. which means potential patients, where you can get information about whatever disease you might have. And then what about instead of just Googling uh, information, what about going to reputable websites? So WebMD being one of them, right? I think, yeah, just getting information from the correct reputable site is important, right? But also being able to interpret that information or... You know, seeking, so someone, where, seeking help. So one's where do you start? And I, I mean, I think if patients, um, for a lot of what we call disease states, there already exists a lot of credible websites. So right. if you have diabetes, uh, the American um, Diabetes Association, American Heart Association, if you have a history of heart attacks or, you know, um, if you have, let's say, rheumatoid arthritis, you might have the Rheumatoid uh, Association of America. I'm, right. I'm not sure if that exists, actually, but you get the idea. So you have your disease-centered um sites uh, if you're already diagnosed with disease. I think it becomes more complicated when you don't know what you have. Maybe all you have is just stress, right. but you think you may have A, B, C, D, Y, you know, whatever. So then when you, I think the difficulty is when you start putting symptoms in. Even with those symptoms, you need to be careful. You're just not putting onto a random search engine and what, be aware of what that search engine may spit out back to you. Right. And if you are insisting, or not insisting, but if you are insistent you have a certain uh, potential problem, a potential symptom that's concerning you for a certain disease, you need to, and I implore anyone listening out there, always don't implore be afraid. means uh, strongly recommend. Strongly recommend. Like strongly daily, recommend daily listening to Daily Dose. Uh-huh. That's right. Uh, but I would strongly implore, recommend, what have you, to don't be afraid to discuss it with your physician. I'd rather have patients discuss it with me than not discuss it with me. Just so you have to make sure you keep an open mind. Have that discussion. I can tell you, almost any physician I know would be glad to have that discussion right. with you. Uh, because they want you, in the end of the day, we all want our patients to get better, right? So, and we also all realize that we are not the only uh, guardians of medical information. Uh, while we may be the best suited to disseminate and discuss and filter, you know, we're not the only ones who can provide it. So I think if, if we can have that 
healthy physician patient relationship once again, where we're, you know, discussing medical uh, information uh, 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 in a practical manner, then I think it benefits everybody. Right. Yeah. So I would say try to avoid searching for symptoms. But if you do get information about diseases, take it in context and actually have that clarify with some healthcare provider or other reputable source before you jump to conclusions and, you know, before unnecessary testing is performed. Um, so I think, you know, just being informed is, is very important, but doing the right thing with that information is, is way more important. You know, I'll leave you with this. Uh, it reminds me of like a Seinfeld episode. You, you remember Seinfeld? Yeah. 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 So George Costanza, you're going to feel old now. You, everyone remembers George. This is a very New York uh, type of show, Upper West Side. Uh, was 30 years old when, when that show came on. He's just turned 60. Wow. The, the actor. Seinfeld's that old? Seinfeld is that old, man. So... There was several episodes where he's like, is it lupus? Is it lupus? You know, yeah. so it, I kind of joke in my mind that, you know, you have certain patients who, oh, my God, it must be this, it must be that. Uh, you know, the whole idea of cyberchondria, et cetera. Understand that, that physicians want to help you. We understand that information's out there. Then do your job. Uh, best job to get the information from reputable sites. And uh, I think that's, if we can convey that today, then uh, we're all good. What do you think? I think it's good. So yeah. hopefully the Redskins will do a little bit better. Uh, Redskins Giants is the coming Jets Sunday. The Jets are 0-3, too. Does anyone care about the Jets in Jersey? I don't know. In Jersey? It's a Giants. I, I feel like it's more of a I feel like the Jets are more Long Island, no? No. And the Giants are terrible. So, like. Redskins shout always. Shout out to the Jets fans. You want me to sing the, uh, the, the, please do. the fight song? Yes, please. Hail to the Redskins. No, I won't do it now. But maybe, we'll see. Maybe Sunday you can catch me at the Giants Stadium um, singing Hail to the Redskins. I'll be with my brother and uh, my son and my nephew. So until then, this is your co-host, Dr. Seward Slugger. And Dr. Clinton Coleman. Coming to you from lovely Teaneck, New Jersey. If you want to find us, go to holyname.org slash recommended daily dose. Also, you can find us on iTunes and Spotify. Um, you are at Dr. Who are you? At Serge Slugger. Serge Slugger. You spell it for everyone because I... Well, they'll, find, they'll find it. They'll find or it soon enough. Or at Clinton Coleman, MD. There you go. That's right. Until then, be well. Check out recent episodes and learn more about these two modern medicine men and their podcast at holyname.org slash recommended daily dose.